We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to the Field of 68s After Dark. We got another great show for you tonight with another quality crew breaking it all down. We got Robbie Hummel. We got Terrence Oglesby trying to figure out what is wrong with Michigan, who's getting absolutely smacked right now by what I called a soft North Carolina team a week ago. Uh, What's wrong with Memphis and Penny Hardaway? He brings on Larry Brown and Rasheed Wallace. Doesn't seem to help at all. What's wrong with Maryland? Uh, They are scuffling right now and have lost a couple in a row. Um, Whether Michigan State is back, we'll also talk to NC State's uh, Darian Sebron, who went for 39 and 18 in 57 minutes tonight in a four overtime victory, which was insane. Uh, and we'll also play, hopefully, we'll have time to play a game of, of fraud uh, or the real deal. And it doesn't, this does not involve whether Robbie Hummel uh, is a fraud or, or real deal. This involves real teams, not, not Robbie. So. Hey, the jugular, not just like a fraud as a player, but like That's just right. a person, huh? As a person, right? As a person. Hey. Is Hummel is a fraud or is he a real deal? I'll tell you, he's real. He is real. He's not a complete fraud like some of these teams that we're going to talk about later. But, all right, let's start out 72-47 right now, boys, with a minute 12 left. This game was kind of tight, you know, not that long ago. And Carolina has imposed its will, Terrence, on the Michigan Wolverines. And all of the praise we have heaped on Juwan Howard for the last two years – I don't know. Or were we putting him in the Hall of Fame too quickly? I don't know if we were, but I think one thing we'll probably talk about it a little bit later too. Like he's got a couple of freshmen that are freshmen, like guys around the perimeter. Caleb Houston, you kind of expected him to be that guy so fast. Maybe we put too much on his shoulders. He just hasn't been able to hit shots. And that's kind of been Michigan's problem for the entire season. They haven't been able to space the floor enough for Hunter Dickinson. And Hunter Dickinson's having a really hard time navigating these double teams we thought you know after a whole summer we talked about in the was the preseason all-american show we thought that summer would benefit him tremendously as far as reading defenses and all that but it doesn't matter if guys aren't hitting shots so i mean that's kind of where the difficult portion comes into it for michigan but you know north carolina we'll get to them in a second but i just like their pieces as far as you know they've got talent across the board it's just a matter of if they've been able to guard or not but I don't know how much of this is Michigan and how much of this is North Carolina, you know, kind of embracing uh, 
you know, defense. Rob, you've seen Michigan a couple times in Vegas. Uh, I've seen Carolina a couple times in Mohegan Sun. I was not impressed at all. I mean, their defense has been atrocious, but Michigan's now got 51 points. Uh, they're probably going to end up with 51 or whatever points against the Carolina team that could not stop Brown, uh, College of Charleston, anybody so far. Uh, how concerned are you about this Michigan team that, again, um, I don't want to say, uh, you know, the, the real deal or fraud. We don't we don't need to play that game yet. But uh, are they a little fraudulent compared to their preseason ranking? Well, yeah. I mean, they were in the top five. Uh, I picked them to go to the final four. And uh, I'm worried. <laughs> okay. and I'm worried about that. I, you know, I think Mike Smith made it look so easy for them last year that you thought that Devontae Jones could just come in and run the show. And he's been really up and down. He's had some games where he scored it, but then he's turned it over. He's had some games where he's fouled in an like, excessive amount. He, he has been very up and down. He was not good tonight. Hunter Dickinson was not good from the start tonight. I know he got in foul trouble. You know, he had four fouls with like 14 minutes to go. But the double teams have, have just taken him totally out of rhythm. And I, I would like to see Michigan run some of the stuff that Purdue and Illinois runs to get their those, like whether it's Kofi Coburn or Purdue's guys with Zach Eady, Trevion Williams, where you're, it's high-low. It's drag ball screens with duck-ins. It's the middle of the court. And you can't, you can't trap if, if you're catching the ball in the paint. Now, you have to worry about three seconds. You can't just camp in there all day. But, man, I, I just think when they, when they throw in the ball on that block, that double is coming immediately. And they're not, as Terrence said, they're not shooting it well enough outside of, like, Eli Brooks for, for that to really concern anybody. Um, they just they, – they look lost. They, they look I, I would lost. add – I would add also, we haven't talked about enough, Devontae Jones. You know, you, you mentioned Mike Smith being that guy who came in and was able to just pick, you know, pick it up right away. And I think we thought because Smith did it and he was a mid-major transfer coming out of the Ivy League, that Devontae Jones was going to be able to do it coming out of Coastal Carolina. But um, he has looked like most transfer ups. Most transfer ups are guys that you cut their, their production in half. Almost, you know, the majority of them. Now with Devontae Jones, he, he's not even getting half of it at this point. I mean, again, he's not making shots. He's not really taking care of the ball. He's not. He just looks now like somebody who's overmatched in the Big Ten. I agree with that. And, and another person, I, I like what Robbie said about create. they need to get more creative ways to get in the ball to where, like, he's not as – it's not as an opportune – time to trap him especially when you get him on one block or the other you know who the best in the country is that is bill self like he's got david mccormick david mccormick blah, blah, mccormick excuse me who just he struggled this year but man he gets him deep post position and they always seem to feed it from the top we used to run a lot of stuff for trevor booker that way you get it to it from the top and if he makes a quick move you can make some things happen i i just i wonder how long it's going to take for jones to be able to adjust because you saw, like, sometimes these transfers, like you said, Tyson Walker at Michigan State, he's made a quick adjustment, too, after the first few games. He was terrific tonight. We're going to address that. But, uh, you know, you got to find different ways to make your best player your best player sometimes. But you can't win. To me, you can't win without a quality point guard. Like, there's only so much you can do. 
especially when your best player is a big Rob. Like yeah, and, and parents to Devontae Jones, Mike Smith had like five NBA players playing around him. You you lose livers, you lose Franz Wagner, um, you lose Shawnee Brown, who's an NBA player, um, and, and also like Austin Davis, and I'm am I forgetting one other guy that regardless, really good big ten players, NBA type talents. And I think that you just have to remember that just because these guys have high rankings next to their names, and I, I fell into this a little bit too. I, now, I did say this was like a, a, a bet for down the road, and they still could turn it around. But I, I do think that the point guard play is a problem. The shooting is a problem. They've had turnovers and spurts. I don't think their numbers are necessarily horrible, but they've been incredibly untimely where they have turned the ball over and, and really – bad parts of games. I don't know. Juwan Howard's going to have his work cut out for him because right now they're, they're just, you're right. North Carolina has looked defensively so, so bad. And they scored 51 points tonight. That's not good. You know what the good thing is, guys? Michigan fans don't care. I mean, they, they just they, do? they just beat Ohio. Like, what do they, they care? care? Their <laughs> fan base is crazy, dude. They, they don't care, Rob. <laughs> they just care about football right now. They take oh. that trade. Any day of the week, they would take, they might take that trade, but they care. They care about basketball. This isn't like Ohio State, I would agree. If, if Ohio State was rolling in football and their basketball team stinks, I agree. But the Michigan fan base does care about basketball. Yeah, they, they care. But, again, they'll take that trade any day of the week. If they, they can go to the, the, the football playoffs, they, they take a, a winless college hoop season if they knew they had a chance to, to go to the football playoffs. But – um, I, know how that, I know how that feels where I'm living at too. So <laughs> like, fine, let's just, let's right? just you, call it what it is. Yeah. You're fine. Okay. You, you've had some pretty good success in the football, uh, in the football ranks lately. So um, Carolina, is this now where like Carolina, you feel pretty good about them. And, and, you know, for me again, saw them twice last week and they look disinterested, disconnected, soft, their bigs especially did not battle uh, at all. You know, I, I was shocked, to be honest, at, at how soft they were up front. I, I love Caleb Love. I, I think he's, he's a terrific, terrific talent. Um, and, and he had another big game tonight. Uh, he ended up with 22 points, uh, four assists, four, seven from three. So he showed up and, and kind of fought back. But, you know, again, Hubert Davis – Rookie head coach now. It's going to take some time for them. Uh, he, he loaded up with transfers. But, you know, are you guys, Rob, you you concerned still? Do you feel like this Carolina team's just going to be – the good thing is there's no clear number two team in the ACC anyway. Somebody's got to finish second. It may as well be Carolina. It may as well be Carolina. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm taking like a wait-and-see type approach uh, just because I'm so unsure on Michigan – I, I thought Baycott played played well tonight. You know, eleven and fourteen had a couple blocks. He, he battled Hunter Dickinson when he was in there. Um, I, I just am not sure. Defensively, they've been so bad. I don't think that you can take enough away from tonight to be able to tell of what Carolina is going to be, especially down the road when you're looking at two or three months from now. Um, but you're right about Caleb Love. He, he's been awesome this season. I, I just like everybody. This is what everybody's going to say. You worry about Carolina. Can they guard anybody? Tonight, the answer was yes. Yeah, I mean, again, the answer was yes, but was it was it as much as Michigan just being inept offensively? 
and, yeah. and kind of looking that way, turning the ball over a lot this year, not making threes. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, I think, had as many uh, points as fouls tonight. I think he finished with four of each. So, you know, again, was this more of just kind of Carolina? And, and whatever it takes, right? Terrence, you've been through this. Whatever it takes to get a win and start to feel good about yourself when you had an awful couple days last weekend at, at Mohegan Sun. Yeah, and, and defensively tonight was the first night where I kind of saw some scheme. Like, it's going to take Hubert Davis a little time to figure out, I guess, how to be that main guy in the def- in a defensive system. Tonight, they had a direct plan. Like, whenever we played against Roy and those guys, you knew they were going to get up in the passing lanes, they were going to be really physical at the four and the five, and they were going to put pressure the ball. Against Brown, they were just kind of disinterested. Against some of these other teams, just disinterested. Tonight, you kind of saw that they had put together a game plan. As soon as that ball hits the post, they're going to trap hard, and the guys rotated correctly. It's so easy to say, hey, we need to defend. And I, I didn't really see Carolina have a scheme defensively against some of these lesser opponents. Tonight, whenever they knew that Hunter Dickinson was coming in, there was a there was a a plan in place right away, and guys knew where to go defensively. Well, I feel like too when when you're called soft, and yeah. they heard it. Let's face it; they've heard it for the last few days. They knew it for the last few days. If you can't come back from that and at least play hard, there's something wrong, right? They have the talent. We we know that Armando Baycott's playing against his AU teammate tonight in Hunter Dickinson. You don't think he wants that one? Yeah. And, they, and offensively, they've got pieces. I mean, coming into tonight, they had four guys averaging almost 14 and above. Like, these guys can score. Dawson Garcia was a great addition. And they space the floor, and they can really, they can really shoot the basketball when they, get, when they get the ball moving into the paint and kicking out and everything. So it's, it's a Carolina team that's, that still needs time. I'm, I like the wait-and-see approach, like Robbie said, because – Hubert, man, he, he's almost a madman down down there on the sideline. Have you guys taken a peek at this guy whenever he's coaching? Right? On the foul. Um, <laughs> it was a foul they called, right? And he was he was incensed. <laughs> no, he gets he gets out of his mind at times. Yeah, he just paces and starts talking to himself. It's so opposite of what Roy would do. Like Roy would get pissed off once a game and get fired up and all red in the face. And that was pretty much it. Like Hubert is like panic attack city down there on the sideline. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. It's All awesome right, to watch. So, so second in the ACC, let, let's go through it now. Who, who are you picking? I mean, let, let, Duke's clear number one. Louisville doesn't look good. NC State barely got past Nebraska. Florida State got blitzed by Purdue. Uh, Virginia Tech hasn't looked great. Uh, Clemson we won't even talk about. Virginia's looked awful. Miami stinks. Syracuse got one last night, but they haven't been great. Notre Dame's been bad. I'm not even going to get into Pitt, BC, Wake. You know, again, you run through that list. That is an awful, awful league right now. Awful ACC. Awful. It sucks. It sucks. It was bad last year. It sucks right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could defend it at a, at a better rate than what I'm going to be able to. But I, I'd say Carolina second. And a lot of those schools, too, Jeff, you got to think they're in transition. Like, Virginia's in transition. Like, Reese Beekman's close, but he's not quite there yet. Caden Shedrick's close. He's not quite there yet. They're a year uh, away. Kid, yeah, they're a year away. And it's almost like Tony, Coach Bennett knew this. 
And he's like, I'm going to take Gardner. I'm going to take uh, Armand Frank, and I'm going to try to soften the blow a little bit. But next year, we're going to be some dudes. Uh, that team's going to be good about the end of January. So I, I, I can put them in the top three or four. But I think it's Duke, Carolina, drop off. I mean, it's Duke, drop off. Carolina, drop off. And then you got that Virginia, Louisville, Florida State tired next. And it, it, it's tough right now. And I knew this was coming. I knew the ACC slander was coming. I, I had oh, to, I had to listen. mentally callous myself. To get uh, all we got to do is just throw up those Big Ten ACC challenge numbers for the last 12 years, and there's, <laughs> there's nothing you can say. Yeah. Look at this. I like – I should just stay out of the way and let you guys trash talk. Like, this, I mean, <laughs> Ryan's taking a lot. He's 1-0 against, against Purdue in his Big Ten ACC challenge That's right. career. That's right. What, hey, hey, Robbie, what did we combine for that game? I, I think it was like – Eight points and maybe like three rebounds. Or <laughs> like yeah, a combined, like combined four of twenty-two. Game, honestly, is that I missed the game-winning shot, turned, said the f word. The camera was right on my face, and my mom was furious. My mom was <laughs> furious. Like I, I just, I remember talking to her after the game, and she's like, "Do you realize what you said on national television?" People were like calling her. It was bad. I was really not. I was. That's all I remember about the game. That hey, that's a that's a tough one because we were playing Maryland at home one time, and I turned around and popped off an F word, but I was right beside the scores table, and my and my my mamma and my grandfather heard it, and my grandfather is a Southern Baptist minister, or he was, so <laughs> it went about as well as you could imagine. Nah. <laughs> He sat you down. He sat you down. Oh yeah, he said. He said, "Hey, you're being looked at now. You better. You better. You better." <laughs> you better I want to know how many shots. How many shots that I'm trying to find the box score right now. We, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. We need to find it because how many shots did the two of you take? Was this like combined like three for twenty five? No, no, no. Because no. we were freshmen. We were freshmen, so I don't. I, oh, I didn't, you didn't play that much. I don't think so. Here I go. Right here. All right. I just All remember, right. I just remember Hummel like coming in because I would shoot the night before the games. And that was like Painter. He was still pretty new, right? Yeah. He was, like, like he was still pretty new. And I went down and I just peeked over the side to see if you guys were still there because you guys were having your shoot around. Dude, they were going. You're we probably doing like rebound war or some shit. Like, dude, it was. Now I watch their shoot around. They're shooting and chilling and having a good time. <laughs> I'm sure. All dude, right. I got it right insane. here. Go ahead. Terrence played 16 minutes, was one of five from the field, one of two from three, had four points, four turnovers. Um, <laughs> all right, not great for him. <laughs> I played 34 minutes. I was two of six from the, from the field, 0 of one from three, had six rebounds, seven points, and three fouls. So you I won. Turn, I didn't turn it over though. I didn't take the ball. Hey, hey you won the individual battle. I'm happy about that. That was terrifying with Raymond Sykes and <laughs> Trevor Booker and all these other guys. Yeah, James Mays was there too. I, I just remember how physical Purdue was. Like it wasn't something that we were really used to. Yeah, we were we were physical for sure. All right. Well, so so we got Carolina. You know, Rob, you got them. Second in the league, did you? I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say Florida State because I think they're young and I think you get Malik Osborne back. Um, I like Caleb Mills, I could be totally wrong, 
But I, I know they didn't look great at Purdue, but I, I like their style of play. I like they take you out of what you want to do. They pressure the hell out of you. So I'll, I'll go with Leonard Hamilton, and I'll say they're going to get second. I, I like the, big, the bigger question, guys, is how many bids does the ACC get? I mean, on reputation, who knows? But you don't go on reputation. I mean, to me, you got to have the resume at the end of the day. And if they don't get some more wins in the non-conference, guys, key wins – in the yeah. non-league, other than Duke, well, you're beating up on teams that ultimately aren't going to have a, a resume. It's like, hey, it's it's be like, it'll be like the Amer- the ACC will be like the American Conference has been. That's what it will be like. So, so Robbie Homo is basically saying no, that the ACC <laughs> is the AAC. So just change your letter. The I'm ACC, gonna, now the AAC, according to Robbie Helm. I'm saying they're going to have the same problems at the American Conference. Ask Memphis how that's worked out the last two years. That's what's happened to them. The only thing say, is, you don't have ECU in the – you have BC. Wait, you have Pitt. Pitt, Pitt yeah. might be worse. Pitt might be worse than ECU. <laughs> It'd be close. That's not what I was saying, but if you want to take it and make it that, whatever. I, don't I care. do. That's I would, exactly I would what say I five, five teams. Five teams. I think You're going five? Five to – I mean, it's just been – man, it's been poor. And the bad part is, is like once you get into conference season, say you say one of your middling teams lose to like a pit or you lose to Boston College, it's bad loss. It turns from like not a terrible into a really, really bad loss because of how the conference has been doing. So, I mean, who are your five guys? We, we're we're going to bring in let's, – let's bring in uh, – he's been waiting for a minute here. A guy that put in a lot more work. We don't want to make him wait because – this dude played 57 minutes tonight. That, that's that's like more than you guys played in two, most two. I mean, you just said it. In, in combined, uh, Darian Seabrun, 39 and 18 tonight in 57 minutes uh, as NC State beats Nebraska in four overtimes, boys. So let's bring on uh, on Darian here and uh, and talk to him a little bit about what it was like. Four overtimes. Uh, this was a kid who, again, kind of burst out of the scene. Darian, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good. Congrats, man. You uh, you tired? No, I'm good. My legs just a little tired. <laughs> yeah, you think? They got to be a little bit tired. I mean, you're not used to this. I know this year you've been playing a lot more, but last year you didn't get a ton of run. You yeah. averaged about five points a game. Tonight, this was a career game. I mean, this was ridiculous in the way you did it. I mean, you impose your will, uh, 57 minutes, 39 and 18. You were 11 for 22 from the field, 17 to 20 from the line. Uh, unbelievable performance. What was it like? I mean, going back and forth in the game, it looked like it was never going to end. Um, once I seen, like, we went into a couple overtimes, it was kind of getting a little fun, but I just wanted to come out with the win. Darian, did, did you guys ever look at each other in the huddle at like the third overtime and be like, what is happening? I mean, that's, you uh, played another another half of basketball. You did play another half of basketball. Yeah, no, nah, not really. Like, when we was uh, in the time I was in the huddles or anything, we were just saying, like, it's not over yet. We just got to keep pushing until the clock hits 0-0. Zero, zero. Hey, when uh, Manny Bates dislocates his shoulder, obviously you guys lose a huge rim presence. You've been rebounding the ball like crazy. Is that something that you went into – uh, after that happened, you're thinking like, I got to take a bigger responsibility because, you know, we're, we're missing that big guy, you know, when it comes to attacking the boards. Yeah. That was one of the, um, 
reasons of why I knew I had to step it up on the rebounding. But another thing was like, it was in the preseason and we were just going over. I think it was actually about to have a scrimmage. And Coach Keats had said like, we don't have nobody on our team that can go get like nine, eight, nine rebounds a game. So I was like, I took on the challenge. I'm like, I'm gonna try to get 10 every game. So what's your reward other than a win? Uh, for for going for thirty nine and eighteen and playing fifty seven, I hope Keats isn't having you practice tomorrow. <laughs> no, we definitely got practice tomorrow though. We got we got prepared for Saturday. You better tell him you want the day off. You tell him, say, hey, Jeff Goodman said I can have the day off <laughs> after putting in fifty seven minutes. Keats should give you the day off. All right, but what you didn't even play as the freshman? You redshirted, correct? Yes. For Injury or just um, what was, was that for? It was academic research. It was something so how, my, with my prep school, like some credits didn't transfer over, so it was just yeah, Massanutten. I know you went to Massanutten in Virginia, not not far from uh, where you grew up. Yeah. What? How did that help you? How did that help you get in the extra year to sit and watch? Um, it helped me a lot. You know, especially like even though I couldn't play, like I was actually like practicing every day, going against like five year seniors like C.J. Bryce, Devin Daniels, like. And I played a lot of point guard that year, too, so I was guarding my kill a lot. So just playing against them every day in practice, that was making me better, and I was doing my best to try to make them better. What Jerry, can you, go ahead, Terrence. Go ahead. What can you say a little bit? Man, this is your third year there in Raleigh. Like, there's a lot of guys that they average five and four, and they take off and leave. You're obviously benefiting right now from being with Keats for your third season. You stuck with it. How has that helped you? And everybody says run your own race, but how has that helped you moving forward and to where now, man, you've become one of the best players in the ACC? Um, actually, last year, it really motivated me. Like, because I knew what I was capable of doing. Like, I thought I should be getting more playing time. But then again, I just trust the process. And I just knew I had to wait my turn. I was playing behind a fifth-year senior in Devin Daniels. And he was having a great year before he went down with injury. So when he got injured, I seen an opportunity. I just tried to take advantage of it and then just carry it on for this upcoming season that, that just came up. You guys are you guys are five and one. What, what does your guys' team need to do to to improve enough to to make it back to the NCAA tournament? Um, you know, we just got to keep working. You know, believe in each other. Try to like be more like play more as a team, sharing the ball more, and just keep working hard in practice. And I think we have a shot. What was the locker room like after the game? Give me kind of a scene of, of what – was it a bunch of dudes celebrating or were, were guys so tired uh, that they almost didn't have any, anything left in the tank? No, it, de- it definitely was a lot of celebrating. Like, Coach Keats came in, you know, everybody throwing water and everything. Then he come in with a stat sheet saying my career highs and the good game in my head and everybody throwing water on me. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, you better get the game ball after that one. <laughs> Does Keats have the best shoe game in college basketball? That's my main question because I've seen him pull out some Yeezys with a red coat the whole nine. Is that the best shoe game in college basketball? Yeah, he definitely have a lot of shoes that I've never seen nobody else wear. <laughs> just from Adidas to designer shoes, just everything. He, he had him back. I used to run a prep school tournament, and uh, and I, I bring the prep school tournament when he was at Hargrave, mm-hmm. and he he'd have those same suits so. Um, I don't know how we afforded him back then. Maybe he had a big time salary for a prep school coach. Yeah. I don't know what it was. The one thing you got to get on him for, he, he was tough scheduling. He made demands that were just ridiculous as a prep school coach. I think, you know, you want to play cupcakes way too often. 
So uh, you got a good one coming up. But listen, uh, congrats, Darian. Uh, heck of a game. Go get some rest. I'm sure you need it. And uh, good luck this week. All right. Thank you. Get that uh, ice cap. Yeah, good, good, good luck, buddy. Thank you. All right. There he is. There hey, is let me ask on. you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. How many IVs would Paolo needed in order to play oh, a full hour? <laughs> like, yeah. I know. A a full, that my man played a full hour. That's amazing. 57 minutes is seven minutes. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. It's insane. Well, how many games? I mean, how many teams have gone four overtimes and you're playing again, you're playing all but three minutes in four. You know, you know what I was thinking as I watched the game was I was like, you know, this is kind of like the regular season version. A, a way, a way worse version of Syracuse UConn in the Big East Wait, tournament. Yes, it's like, like the minor league version. Of that. <laughs> the, the, the minor league version. Yes. Uh, another, another team that looks like it belongs in the minor leagues right now, the Memphis Tigers. Yeah. And uh, Penny Hardaway, you know, listen, he brought on Larry Brown, Hall of Fame head coach. He brought on Rasheed Wallace. He brought in Amani Bates and Jalen Duran two top five recruits that reclassified Monty Bates, a former SI cover boy. Some thought Jalen Durham was the best player in the class and Memphis has been atrocious uh, for the most part here. I mean, losing to two teams, losing to Georgia tonight, Georgia stinks. They stink. They might be the worst team or along with Vandy, you know, um, you know, 14 a or B, whatever you want to call it in, in the SEC. They're terrible, and they lose to Georgia and give Tom Crean his 400th career win. They lose to Iowa State the other night in New York, and Iowa State, listen, T.J. Altsenberg has done a great job so far, but, you know, they could easily be the 8th, ninth, 10th place team in the Big 12, and nobody would be surprised. So Memphis right now looks like a complete shit show, and Penny Hardaway knew before the season, this is year four. This is year four, Rob. There's no excuse for this with all this talent, but what he does not have again, I go back to it because we talked about it with Michigan. If you don't have a point guard, you got no shot. Yeah, but it's more than that. They, they play with such fatal flaws, you know, like their, their defense has been fantastic and the point guard is an issue. There is no doubt about that, but you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the turnovers. Now tonight, what do they have tonight? 11 turnovers. Not bad. That's okay. So they, they handle that. Then you think about their shooting. Tonight, they go 7-20 to 20 from 3, 35%, shoot 46% from the field. We're actually better than that in the second half. That's not the issue. But now you look at what Georgia was able to do. They go to the free throw line 35 times. And part of that is the way, the tempo you're playing in. And we, we know they want to press. We know you want to play a tempo. But you send anybody to the line 35 times, that's – insane like and then on top of that you allowed Georgia to shoot 52 and 44 in the second half you just it, and Georgia like you said Jeff is not good they've lost four in a row they lost to Wofford they lost to Georgia Tech they, they've lost to a bunch of people I just think that Memphis can't get out of their own way they, they I, I really worry because I just think they don't do a lot of things that you need to do if you want to win against good people but how does this happen? You you brought in Larry Brown. He's like John Wooden, isn't he? Yeah, the players didn't change. I mean, you get you got two freshmen, but you have a lot of the same guys. Like I, we've seen. Look at Michigan; they have good freshmen, but 
they they aren't they're not ready to be great players yet. And I'd say Imani Bates has been okay. Jalen Duran's yeah. been okay. But like you're playing grown men, and it, it's just I don't I I don't think you know people hype up coaching, and coaching is super important. But the players have to play at the end of the day, and they they don't play winning basketball. They, they really don't. A lot of that's discipline, though. Yeah. Like, and that is coaching. No doubt. So, so, like, I don't have I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but just off of watching them, like, there doesn't seem to be like they jump to pass, they take bad shots, they don't they don't make the extra pass, they don't, they don't like really run anything on offense either. I mean, nothing. I'm still not sure what they run. To be nothing. Like, what do you what are they trying to do? Is my big question. Like you have a beast with Jalen Durant, you don't have a pure point guard. So why are you just trying to let guys make plays? Why don't you put guys in position to where they can be successful? And Memphis just hasn't done that. Now, I will say this, the discipline thing is an issue because they like, even when they do shoot it well, like they did tonight, Robbie, like there's no consistency in, in how they're getting their looks. Yeah. So it's hard for their guys to know how to play with each other. So it's like, and then, you know, they're bickering whenever, you know, they get in their free throw line. They're all frustrated. Every one of them are frustrated because there doesn't seem to be anybody to just say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. You would hope Alex Lomax would do that. He's one of the oldest guys there. They just don't have it. And when you don't have clear roles and you don't have a pure point guard, this is what you get with a Memphis team. And it kind of goes back to, you know, their best players are really, really young. Imani Bates is really, really young. Jalen Duran, he looks like a grown man, still really young. Like, we kind of forget to let freshmen be freshmen. Maturity. I'm just scared that Memphis mentally, is going to let this get away from them. Yeah, mentally they're young. And they make young mistakes. They make a lot of young mistakes. Like, guy goes up, gets fouled, throws it up at the rim. Jalen Duran tries to block it. Like, plays over. Like, why even risk a goaltend call? So, it's just little things like, like that that, as a guy that used to play, it would drive me crazy. They're just really undisciplined. Well, you wonder how, how long does it take to, to deprogram those bad AU habits? It, they look like an AAU team right now. Right? Yeah. That's what they look like without a summer to prepare. Hey, I'm going to say this. They, they are in serious jeopardy. Now, they're lucky they've got two games middle of December that are almost must-wins at this point. Alabama, Tennessee. Because if you lose those, <laughs> made the comp of the ACC to the AAC, you're going to have the same problem. <laughs> he's gonna have you're gonna you'll have to be you'll have to sweep houston and you'll have to hope that wichita state is in that ncaa tournament conversation otherwise you're just not gonna have opportunities to get quality wins let me ask you this why robbie like why aren't they running offense because their defense is so good when they get set up in the half court Uh so like why wouldn't you dribble why wouldn't you take the air out of the ball a little bit instead of like earl timberlake thinks he's the best player on the team like the way yeah, he I mean, if you watched them for the last couple of years it's it's been a lot of unsure pick and roll i mean swing the ball on the perimeter it's it's been a struggle to watch they don't move off the ball i, I don't know the answer to that question i i don't i think if you did you'd or if any of us did we'd be making a lot more money than we are <laughs> that's a good well another thing they don't they don't move off the ball for shit yeah they don't. like those guys don't know how to they have a bunch of guys that don't know how to play without the ball and the only one that can is Lester Kionis. He's yeah. the only one that kind of understands gaps, how to move off the ball when a guy penetrates. And he's the one who's – he's really the only one that kind of capitalizes off that. Like, Imani okay, probably so, could. So that – listen, that is the coach's fault because you have to be able to put a team together with pieces that fit. 
And, and to me, that's coaching, that's staff. Obviously, they've had some turnover lately among their staff, but that that's on Penny Hardaway to me. You better yeah. get the pieces that fit. You can't, again, I go back to it, you can't have where your point guard is Alex Lomax this year, or you're try, you're talking about having to put a Monty Bates as a freshman when he's never played the point and thinking about playing him at the point this yeah, year. Stop, you have that, to stop have, that stuff. Stop that stuff. Like, stop trying to make dudes what they're not. Right. Like you got him on Bates. If you want to have him dribble the ball up the court and just call him a point guard, there's a lot, there's a big difference, Robbie and, and Jeff. Like there's a big difference in bringing the ball up and then calling a play and being yes. a freaking point guard. Right. Like, right. like they're not the same thing. And they don't have a, they don't have a single guy on that team. And they have a bunch of guys that like, if you're going to let them go and let them play and try to run some motion stuff and all that stuff, you better have guys that try to think about the next guy. Yeah. And I'm not sure they have one guy on that team that thinks about the next guy. They have a bunch of really talented dudes that don't know how to play without the basketball. And quite frankly, whenever teams can load up on the ball, like Iowa State did, they did a great job of this. They loaded up on the ball and they're like, we're going to make you guys make decisions. And they couldn't. And that's what happened up in Brooklyn. All right. Let's move on to another team. Uh, that is struggling a little bit. The yeah, a little depression here. We're just talking yeah. about everybody that's, that's well. We get, all right, all right. We'll 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 have it a little upbeat. We'll we'll get to Maryland after. Let's go Michigan State first, since Robbie wants right. a little love in his life, a little yeah. uh, upbeat, and, and we'll go with Michigan State because Michigan State was probably left for dead earlier this year. We kind of thought, all right, you know what. Izzo doesn't have a star. We saw it even at the Champions Classic. Doesn't have a star. Does he have a point guard? You know, A.J. Uh, Hoger was pretty good then, but, you know, Tyson Walker was not. And it's taken a little bit of time, but, you know, they've beaten Loyola Chicago. They beat UConn. You know, they lost to Baylor, no shame there. And then they beat Louisville and, and really run away from them. And Tyson Walker, while he only scored two points in this game, I don't care. He mm-hmm. controlled the game. He had 10 assists. He took care of the ball. He wasn't making dumb decisions, dribbling in too deep or anything like that. He was just – he was playing within himself, which I think you need to do on this Michigan State team because it allows all those other guys to be better and, and, and to get easy buckets and, and not have to work so hard for everything uh, that they have to produce. So, Terrence, you ready to buy him or no? I'm buying the number two defense on Kim Palm in the country. I mean, coming into the game, I don't know what they are now after the game's over, but like, I, I will say that it's kind of like a weird juxtaposition between them and Memphis. Like before Tyson Walker kind of figured it out tonight, Michigan state had a bunch of dudes that were better playing off the ball and with only one dribble. Like if you think about it, Gabe Brown, he's better. I mean, if he gets one in transition, he'll throw it down, but he's, he's a one dribble pull-up guy. He's a catch and shoot three ball guy. Max Christie, you got to run some things for him. Malik Hall, who's been good, like not somebody that just creates something right away. When Tyson Walker, when he started to get in there and kind of figure out, hey, how much leash is Izzo going to let me play with? That's whenever they got better. Like in him passing the ball, two points, 10 assists, and he has all those weapons around him. He's the key to the season. It's the, you know, because I have a feeling like those guys are going to hit shots. I like Marcus Bingham. He's been one of those, you know, uh, potential into production guys. You hope it kind of gets there, but he's been really good defensively as kind of a defensive anchor in the back. 
I like Michigan State. They're physical. Now, that's a physical league. That's not lost on me. But Izzo, man, he's starting to put together a team. We talk about pieces. Hogard's been good. But Walker, with his ability to get in there and find guys, adds a different dimension to that Spartans team. And he was a guy that was used to at Northeastern just scoring. You know, and, and that's been the transition. It was going to take time for him, Rob, because, you know, he put up 20 every game at, at Northeastern. He kind of was relying on to do everything. Where at Michigan State, yeah, it'd be nice if he did everything, but it's probably asking too much for a kid that, that transfers from the CAA. Yeah, and I'm going to say that I'm, I'm going to hold Michigan State because I, I didn't think they played well against Little Chicago at all. They, they found a way to win. I thought, honestly, there were some calls down the stretch in that UConn game that gave them the game. That's true. You lose, you lose to Baylor. Now, think about how different their season is right now if they had lost to Loyola. And they didn't. Like, they, they won the game. But I, they still turned the ball over an insane amount. They turned it over 19 times tonight. This has been a problem for years. You'll take the fact that your point guards combined for 14 assists, just four turnovers. That's great. I – I don't know who the alpha dog is on the team. Gabe Brown. I think think Gabe Brown's a great second option, but as your main player, don't know. I I like um, Malik Hall. Consistency is nowhere to be seen. Amazing against Loyola, not on the floor against UConn, barely on the floor against Baylor was really good tonight. I like him. I just think I want to be more consistent. I I don't know. I'm still kind of like, Wait and see. They still have things they can work on. They are trending in the right direction. You know who I do like? Marcus Bingham. And this is this is the first time in his career that I've been able to say, you know what? I trust him. I trust he's going to make mature plays. I trust he's going to rebound. He'll protect the rim. He he's, knows his role much better. He'll still shoot an occasional shot where I'm like, you know, probably not the best shot they can get. He can make a three. Don't love it. I'm just still a little bit – if Max Christie can emerge and become a real player, he played well tonight. I, I just don't know who their alpha is, and I don't know if they'll have him all year. I don't either. I don't. I think we've got to honestly um, just kind of accept the fact that they're not going to have that alpha. They're going to have a bunch of good players, and the benefit of that is if one of them has an off night, you got enough other dudes. So you're not relying on one of them as much, but you're going to be relying on Tom Izzo and their toughness. That's going to win games for them. They're going to have to be great defensively. And I think they have the ability to be pretty good because they've got enough veterans on that team. And Bingham has been a guy who, like you said, Rob, has really stepped up. He's always had that kind of length, but he's always been a tease. Now he's starting to actually produce consistently on both ends of the court. But you really need him defensively to be a game changer. And that's kind of what he's been. So, listen, I think Michigan State, it's hard to ever write off Tom Izzo. I just don't think this team has enough to go deep in the tournament. Yeah. But you know, it's been really disappointing for them. Joey Hauser. I mean, Joey Hauser has just been so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, no, he is. He has not played well. And he's a guy that I think a lot of people thought would average, you know, he gave him 14, 15 a game like his brother, but uh, he's, he's not as good as his brother. We know he just that. doesn't fit the Michigan State kind of right. like tough dude. Yeah. You know what is a good sign for Michigan State, though? 25 fast break points. That is old school. Tom Izzo, ram it down. 
get to the freaking basket. Well, you have Tyson Walker. Yeah. Like, that's what you need to use him for. It's like he's got that gear that they really haven't had out of a point guard in a while now. I mean, when's yeah. the last point guard they had that could just kind of be a blur? Like, Tyson Walker's got some of that. He's small. He's shifty. He can really get in the lane and make things happen I mean, and push it. Honest. Rocket lost the blur, but. I'm gonna yeah. be I'm gonna be a little negative. He was playing against Jared West, who's not a blur. <laughs> so, but Jared West is like, really good. Look like a he's blur, a good defender, I, though. Say it again. Jared West is a pretty good defender. He is, but he does it on positioning. So if Correct. you have a head of steam on him, like yeah, you're probably no, that, listen. Make it on him. Louisville scares me. Um, you know, again, this was tough. It was Chris Mack's first game back after the six, six game suspension. Um, you know, they lose to Furman, you know, they're, they're, they're just not that talented. They're just not that talented ultimately. So again, is this more of like, you know, great win for Michigan state or, Hey, you're playing a Louisville team. That's probably a fringe NCAA tournament team at the end of the day, probably a little bit of combination of, of, of both. All right. Now, you know can I say one more thing? You yeah. know, what's crazy about that Louisville team is they brought in four dudes that shot North of 40% from three. And right now, they are shooting 29% collectively. Like it's, it's one of those things. Like, what is it? Is it the players? And I, Locke. and what they got lock West. So, so, so lock LLS shot like 45%. It's Juco, but it is yeah. what it is. Uh, what's the kid's name transfer from Miami. So you got lock. Matt Cross could shoot it. Jared West LLS. They brought all those four guys. <laughs> They're all North of 40%. And now that team's shooting. I'll say it again. Listen, I, I hate to be a broken record. I'm going to say it again. Point guard play ain't good enough. Ain't good enough. Between West, between Faulkner, between L. Ellis, it, it's, I'm, I'm a broken record, but I'll start with it every time. If you don't have good enough point guard play, you're absolutely screwed. You're, 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 you're just spinning your wheels at the end of the day. Uh, Maryland. Oh, go Sorry, go ahead. Maryland's spinning their wheels too, guys. Um you know, they lose to George Mason at home early in the year. Then tonight, they lose to Virginia Tech in a close one at the Xfinity Center. Maryland's got about as good a home court as there is when 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 they're, they're rolling. And they had it tonight. I mean, they had the crowd. It was great. They were, you know, they, they were in control. And then I feel like they just kind of piss games away now. And, and part of it is, their backcourt right now, Eric Ayala and Fats Russell has been really, I mean, really bad shooting the ball, taking care of the ball. Uh, Ayala had, I think, two points tonight, one for nine. Fats was two for 10. Yep. Uh, he came in shooting like 24% from three. Neither of those got Dante Scott. Can't make shots either this year. It, it's a complete uh, train wreck right now in College Park. They just can't shoot. They can't score. The kid Reese, I really like. He blew a bunny late in the game there. And then Virginia Tech, listen, much made a hell of a, a, a lucky play, we'll call it. A lucky play at the end to kind of seal the win. But ultimately, sometimes you make your own breaks, and, and Maryland just isn't good enough to do that right now. Let's start with Maryland's bench. What did you say before the season? I know James Graham, two points a game last year's hurt, but what did you say about Carolina? I thought they'd be better. I mean, what Reese, Martinez tonight? Oh, four points. Reese is talented, Rob. Reese is super talented, but again, he's inconsistent. He's inconsistent. He, also, he played. He played so poorly in, at the end of that game in the Bahamas. Uh, terrible. 
defensively, he was awful. The bench is really bad. I think Wahab has looked very uncomfortable. Now, he was much better tonight. First half is great. Um, and they're, you're right, they're guard play. I mean, Eric Ayala is supposed to take that step to be the guy. I mean, he's preseason all Big Ten. He's been there. He's been a good player for them. Now, he played around some really good guards. You know, they, they, he's been around guys with Anthony Cowan or uh, my man that went to the league last year. Uh, what's his name from Maryland? Um, uh, Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah. Yes, Aaron Wiggins. I mean, he's had some real talent around him, but they, they need him to be a player. I mean, they need him to play at a first-team all-league type level, and he hasn't. I mean, you're not going to win many games when you – you go one for 13 from three, and your best player has two points. That's it's just not good enough. Point guard play. What have you been saying all night? It's, I mean, listen. In, in a world true, now where we're so caught up and like, being big and switchable and all that stuff, we forgot about the point guard. Yeah. Like, I think that's the biggest part, too. Like, tonight, I was high on Maryland. I was so – hey, Hummel, I was so high on Maryland that I bet Doster – that Maryland would be a top 13 team at some point during the season where I'd wear a hot dog suit down in New Orleans. Oh. And your boy's going to be wearing a damn hot dog suit down in New Orleans because they just can't figure it out. Me and Fanta both hot dog suits. I was with you. I saw them in preseason. Ask Hummel. I was saying it. I was like, they're deep. They yep. got good pieces. Yeah, I, I, I jumped. I can't You know what it was? My daughter, I think they're the number one school on my daughter's list right now. So I felt like I had to be positive about Maryland as much as anything. And, uh, but, but, you know, listen to, to me again, I think they're a little different. I think Maryland has a capability to turn this around a little bit. I do. I think they've got the talent where some of the other teams we've talked about, like Mer- I guess Memphis has the talent. There's no doubt, but, but Maryland has good guards. It's not like they don't have talented veteran guards. They do. So I think Maryland can go on a roll in the Big Ten. And you know, you guys both know how teams can do it. We we, we kind of leave them for dead, and then you win like four straight, and three of them are against ranked teams, and you go from a team that's left for dead to a team that gets right on the bubble. And, and I think Maryland, they're not far off, and they're going to have enough opportunities in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be great, but I still think they're going to be a tournament team at the end of the year. They, they are going to shoot the ball better than 28%, which is good for 295th in college basketball. They, they have too many guys. Dante Scott has made shots. Eric Ayala has made shots. Hakeem Hart has made shots. Their bench, we'll see. Maybe James Grant will be balling. Jeff will be high. <laughs> I, I will say that I thought Fats Russell was going to be such a good addition. Yeah. And there's been times at the end of the game where he just kind of dribbles the air out of it in close games. Like whenever they lost to George Mason, uh, Kim English, by the way, stud, next one on your list, probably Goodman. But like, I thought he was going to be such a good change of pace guard. And he's one of those guys too, that kind of dribbles the air out of ball. Last year, Ayala needed to dribble the ball a little bit. He kind of needed to be a part of the offense. And those guys are kind of figuring out how to play together. I think that's one of the biggest things too. Like, that two-point guard system, it's great in theory until those point guards want to have it in their hands a lot more. And you I evidently I did, didn't you didn't watch much URI basketball yes uh last couple of years, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. But I did full, full transparency, no. But uh I yeah, I thought Fats Russell was gonna be I thought he was well his be. numbers, his numbers look like it, and he's a veteran. He's tiny and he's very um inefficient a mm-hmm. lot of nights. And you put that with Yala. 
And I feel like too many of their guys are, are, are hunting, yeah. you know, instead of making life easier for, you know, just moving the ball, move the ball and good things usually happen when you move the ball. And I, I feel like the ball sticks with those guys way too much. All right. We got 10 minutes left, nine minutes. Let's play a quick game of uh, frauds or the real deal. And um, again, this is not on any indictment on Hummel's character at all. Uh, we, we I'm will sure. Start, Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll, let's start with the Florida Gators, who lost tonight to Oklahoma, but were, a, in my opinion, had done enough to be uh, considered a top 10-ish team prior to that. They had beaten Florida State at home. They had beaten Ohio State in Fort Myers. And they've done it with, how about this, guys? Their top, I believe, seven players in their rotation are all transfers. Yeah. Seven. Right. I've never seen that before anywhere, I don't think. Uh, but are the Florida Gators with Michigan transfer Colin Castleton leading the way? I think Juwan Howard would like to have Colin Castleton these days and his production, at least. Uh, are they frauds or are they for real, Terrence? I think they're for real. I think Appleby's really, really good. And he, him and Castleton both kind of set the blueprint for how the transfers need to come in and adapt to Mike White. And then the guys that you brought in too, Flanders Fleming Jr. was defensive player of the year in the SOCON. Brandon McKissick was defensive player of the year in the Summit. Like he brought in a certain type of guy. C.J. Felder, he was widely regarded as a really hard-nosed dude when he played at Boston College. He wasn't overly skilled offensively. That's right. That was a hard-nosed dude. I, I liked – I think – uh that team putting, you know, the pieces are really good. And Deruji might be one of the most improved players in the country. Super athlete. He's gotten much better with the basketball in his hands this year. And, man, such an incredible athlete. But he brought in a mentality. And over the past, uh, I think the two years prior to this, Florida was one of the top ten youngest teams in the country over the past two years. He got sick of those freshman mistakes. They got old in a hurry. They got old in a hurry. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying the Gators. They got tough. I'm buying them too. Maybe not as like a Sweet 16 team, but but a NCAA tournament team when a lot of people had them like ninth in the SEC. Rob, you buying them? Yes. I just think they do too many things that, that travel with you. They turn you over. They crush you on the glass. Um, I like Myron Jones. I like him at Penn State. I think he can make shots. He can just pull up. Colin Castleton's been great. Deruji, I think, is a good compliment to Castleton. I, I, I like Florida. I really do. Tough to beat uh, Tanner Groves, by the way. One of my favorite uh, players, um, you know, Eastern Washington transferred to Oklahoma. Had a big night tonight for Oklahoma. Good win uh, for Porter Moser tonight. All right, next up, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. And I haven't even looked. One of you could tell me whether Wisconsin ended up winning tonight or not. 70-66. They did. They won? Yes. All right. Yes, ball. Brad Davison, 27. Wow. Wow. Second score. He's at he, Davison. He's, he's our age, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're freshmen together. Like, <laughs> last 2007. Like, yeah, I remember playing against him back in 2011. So I'll let you take it. Wisconsin, you. Wisconsin pounded Houston. Remember, that's their, their kind of signature win. Yeah. They beat St. Mary's who looks like a tournament team. St. Mary's plays at Colorado State this weekend. They play, I think, Utah State tomorrow. That'll tell a lot more. They lost to Providence at home, but they did not have 
Johnny Davis in, in that one. He was out with a, a leg injury, I believe. So it's, Davis has been awesome. Davison's been great. Um, I don't know what else they have, guys, but I mean, are I, they for I, real? Is a glue guy, you know, and then they're playing young guys. Chucky Hepburn is young, kind of. Yeah, the seven-footer, Kroll, Kroll? Kroll, Stephen Kroll, yeah. Um, yeah, Ben Carlson. I, I don't know. It's When we're saying buy or sell, like how high are we buying? Like NCAA tournament team or not? Still tough. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to say bye. I think Johnny Davis has been really good. Davison's been in the league, like Sarah said, since, since we played. Um, <laughs> they just play a style that grinds you down. That they, they, they have a good home court advantage in Madison. They know who they are. You know, I I don't think they've shot it great. Have they? Haven't they really struggled shooting the ball? Considering twenty-eight percent on the year. Yeah, so I kind of like Maryland. I feel like they'll shoot a little better. I'll, I'll go by, but if I was wrong, I wouldn't be surprised on that either. They didn't make it. They were like an NIT team. I, they're right on that fringe, maybe first four out kind of deal. I, I agree with everything that Robbie said. I, the style is going to help them. They're they're going to make everybody play the way they're going to play. And really, to be honest with you, it's not that hard to Big Ten because a lot of those teams play that way, but not as slow as Wisconsin. But having Johnny Davis puts you in the mix every game. Yeah. And having Brad Davison puts you in the mix every game. That's two guys. After that – You've got Wall averaging nine, Kroll averaging nine. I think those two at the, at the top need to be so good for them to compete. I think that's putting a lot of stress on just two guys. I will say their their resume is is really good. Right? Really good. You really said, good. You said St. Mary's NCAA tournament team. Yep. It's, they have a good resume. It's... Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Is right now you got to look at the league and say to yourself, like, Michigan's not that good. That don't look great right now. Illinois doesn't Illinois look great. Is be all right, I'm telling you right now, they they're going to get healthy and they're going to be they're going to be okay. Indiana, we don't know how good they are. So I think Wisconsin, they're tough to beat at the Kohl Center. We know that, and now they've got fans coming in there. So I think they'll win enough to finish in the top eight in the Big Ten. That probably is going to be enough if Wisconsin finishes eight with their non-conference resume right now. They probably get in as first four. Really? Because the I mean the Big Ten up until the Big Ten C Challenge had been Yeah, they'd struggled. Great. So I eighth place you think gets in? I think with their non-conference resume. I mean they, they do have a good resume. I agree. But that's what I'm losing, saying. Like you'd be losing every team. Like if Michigan finishes eighth, no, they're, they're not gonna have enough on their resume. But I think with Wisconsin, they could get in as a first four if they finish eighth, as long as, again, they do enough, they don't, they don't completely tank here at the end of, of the non-conference. Uh, all right. Uh, Iowa state next. Uh, they beat Xavier. They beat Memphis and Brooklyn. Now that Memphis win, not looking quite so good. They beat Xavier without Zach Fremantle, who arguably is their best player, but they got them both and they got a lot of good, I like the team he's put together because it's a good combination. T.J. Otzenberger, rookie head coach there, or first-year head coach coming back to Ames. You know, he brings Brockington back, uh, you know, a transfer from from Penn State. Kausher, who still can't make shots, which shocks me, um, from Minnesota. 
Yeah, he was really good against Memphis. Other than that, his percentage is bad. You're right. It's been awful for two it's years a now. Thing. That's a that's yeah. a yeah. I love their freshman Tyrese Hunter. I freaking uh, love him. I think he's going to be a stud. He's a top forty uh, kid, right? Yep. Yeah, he's highly rated. Was highly he rated. dependent prone? Yes, I think he was. Dependent Steve. I think he, but he was, but it was like whenever TJ got there, he had to convince him to stay committed. I think. Yeah, maybe. I could be wrong, but I think I, I read remember. that somewhere. Yeah, I don't remember, but all right, Iowa State picked, I believe, like either last or, or ninth in the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve. I don't remember. Um, they were picked ahead of Kansas State for, for the love. Yeah, of I don't God. think they're for real. I don't think they're for real, but I think I think they've done enough to be an NIT team at the end of the year because of what they've got in, in, in the non-conference that at least they've beaten who they should be. And I think that Xavier win will look good because that's an NCAA tournament team. And maybe Memphis, listen, it probably depends if Memphis somehow has this like resurgence, then it becomes a resume win. But I don't, I don't know if I see that happen. I'm, I'm going to sell as well. I think that just their, their start to the big 12 is insane. Baylor at home, Texas Tech at home, Oklahoma away, Kansas away, Texas at home, Texas Tech away. Then you get TCU. So I think it's going to be a, a tough start. And I just think that since the – even though TJ's done a really good job, if if the level of buy or sell is NCAA tournament, they're not making the NCAA tournament, I don't think. They've had a good season. They've done a yeah. – he's done a really nice job. I, I'm, sell, I'm selling simply because the Big 12 is so tough. I think the only one that they know that you that you know Iowa State can beat is Kansas State. Other than that, like even TCU has got a couple of guys that could get hot and be really good on a given night. But everybody else, I mean, how, how are they going to get enough wins in conference? That's what worries me the most. I, I thought Gabe Couch, I thought he was awesome against Memphis. Yeah, was bad, sure, but I thought he was he was a lot of fun to watch that night, but uh, I, I think it's going to be difficult, so I'm selling. All right, well, there, there you have it. Um, a night of a lot of negativity. And there's uh, a lot of negativity, Robbie. man. We didn't even get to go talk about Auburn. Oh yeah, we didn't get to we didn't get to Auburn. We did not get to. We'll, we'll have plenty of time. The Auburn Tigers fans hate me right now because uh, I haven't ranked them yet because I don't think they're a top 25 team yet, um, and I question their point guard play, which you know what that means for me. If I question their point guard play, probably not putting them very high. I mean, he hates your team if he questions your point guard. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. If you don't have a good point guard, I don't think you're going to be very good. And, and again, I, I just don't know if, if Auburn's point guard play is, is, is good enough. But what is good enough, guys, uh, I got something in the mail today, Ralph. Can you see this? Oh, Jesus Christ. Can you see? Look at this card, I'm told, might be worth a million dollars one day. <laughs> Can you see this, Terrence? This is the Robbie Hummel Tops USA three-on-three basketball card. And it is out there. For anybody who wants to buy it, you will be buying it as low as low can be right now. I got it for um, six cents. Hey, uh, not not making the Olympics really drove that price Yeah, I mean, if you made the Olympics, (laughs) this thing right now, I might be able to retire off of it. But, you know, right now, I don't know. It's just... It's just, just not worth enough. I mean, it's killing me right now. But, uh, all right, there you have it. Robbie Hummel, Terrence Oglesby, um, Jeff Goodman, thanks for joining us. Field the 68 after dark. Uh, come back every single night. 
we got you covered here. We're the only uh, place that you can do that and follow College Hoops, and we're talking every single night. So uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.